Hey everybody, welcome to Black and White Reviews. I'm Lee. And I'm Chuck. And today we're going to be focusing, as we do every other week, or every week, I guess, on The Chosen. Uh, so we've been discussing this for six episodes, well, six plus one. <laughs> That'd episodes. be seven. Well, the other episode wasn't an episode. That was a, a pilot that came out years before he decided to make a TV show. So, so seven. Whatever. This would be the seventh episode of us. Yes. <laughs> discussing something from Dallas Jenkins that is a biblical thing. So, hey, here we go. So, anyway, um, this episode is the official episode seven called Invitations. Uh, so, as I've mentioned, this is my favorite episode. I feel like some of the uh, so, some of the best like buildups finally started to pay off in this right. episode, where you start to see these people who've been like, uh, you know, we've been following since episode one, really start to grasp what's happening here. So, I just I I love this episode. It's it's my favorite of the season, and. Yeah, I'm glad we got to finally watch it, or at least discuss it. So, um, what are your thoughts, John? So I will say, so far, it's my second favorite. Last week, so far, was my favorite. Yeah. Um, they ended up doing this week what I expected to happen last week. Mm-hmm. But they save it till the end, which kind of... I was like, they could have done it so much sooner. I was expecting it at the end of last episode. It happens at the end of this episode. Um, I mean, it is what it is. It was a powerful scene. The whole thing is powerful. Oh, yeah. And it really brings into light that whole, you know, give everything up and come follow me perspective. Right. Um, for Actually, in this case, from two different perspectives. Right. Um, and the reality of that. And it's, I thought it was, even though it's my second favorite episode, it's was still a phenomenal episode and this is the first time where i think another a previous episode was actually better than this one hmm. i love the episode i just thought last week's was better well I I, mm. I I i think that is probably attributed to me saying this is my favorite episode so you're like oh you're all gung-ho and ready to go and then you're like well this, eh. I, I like the other one no before. i just like different things than you lee well whatever okay <laughs> i'm just i'm just like i've been following nicodemus and just so pumped about nicodemus finally getting some answers and some connection and in this episode like every single time the it rooftop was, the rooftop scene scene i i weep it's just so it's, awesome it was beautiful yeah and it was fantastically done um the way you were tied, I was tied to Cadimus, but I've been following Matthew more. Right. Which is why last week I loved, but I was kind of let down at the end. But this week at the same time, how it came to fruition was really, really good. <laughs> right. Right. So let's get a little, let's get into the episode itself. So, I mean, we start off, there's always that, that um, you know, the, uh, what do they call that? You know the, the the cold the cold open right where it shows a flashback and it kind of gives you a little bit of a background for the the previous you know time or whatever to kind of give you a uh, a background to what we're going into. Well, they're showing you they're showing you what happened in the Old Testament because Jesus always ref- or something happens that refers to what happened for them in Scripture. What mm-hmm. happened back then yes and it's applying it's applicable to what's going on in the episode now yeah which is a very good point uh where we have like in in our uh 
church that we go to is we have redemptive history, which is a class that our buddy Steve teaches, and it really ties in the Old Testament with the New Testament, so you get a real you get a better understanding of how it's all intertwined. It's not just like oh yeah, Old Testament is old stuff, New Testament is new stuff. I'd rather read that because it's more exciting. Right. You know, so for me, I mean, my my first reading of any scripture, I started off with Genesis, worked my way through Numbers, got up to Kings, and I'm just like, can I just hear some good news, please? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, all right, Matthew. You know, I, I, I like Kings, Judges, and then like Matthew. I, I just I couldn't read the rest. It was just too. It was it was not making sense to me. But then after reading those, I finally said, okay, let me see how these tie in. And I went back and went through it again, and it still didn't quite connect. But when I started going into the Suzerainty Treaty and understanding what that meant and and how it connected to, like, you know, the sacrifice so we could, you know, live without having to sacrifice ourselves. Yeah, you know, it, it just, it, it right. was a huge, it, it was a huge, like, foreshadowing for what Jesus did for us. And we see that multiple times in the Old Testament, which I didn't before, but realizing that you know so many times God gave us chances God gave us new covenants God gave us new opportunities to connect with him you know and finally there was the, the new and everlasting covenant which was Jesus right so uh, you know I, I love that we're we're seeing the connections here well we start off here with Moses who does not look like any Moses I ever imagined well that's because you've seen Moses as Charlton Heston and that's about it Mm, okay, no, I, I saw him as Mel Mel Brooks. <laughs> I bring to you these 15. Smash. 10. Uh, 10, <laughs> 10 commandments. <laughs> that's that's, I forgot that's what that. I imagine when I, when I think of Moses. No, but Moses always, dude, dude with long white hair and a long white beard. That's Moses. Not this guy who's like short hair, just like... Regular dude. Well, I kind of they. That would be the only part I would say because Moses, in his time, wasn't old. Yeah, he was eighty, which mm-hmm. then wasn't old. But he did have white hair and white beard because when he was confronted with the burning bush, it actually changed his countenance. Right. Um. They just didn't show that part here, which. Yeah. Whatever. It it was interesting. That's what that's what threw me off. That's why it took me a while to realize. Oh, that's Moses. Well, I figured huh. it out when Joshua called him Moses. Yeah, that helps. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Moses. <laughs> oh, hey. That's who that is. <laughs> so they go into the whole bronze serpent, and I can't tell you how many times I've read the scripture and said, that sounds so pagan. You well, know? It is. Like, it, well, yeah, it is. Right. Like, I'm going to take— like the Christmas I'm, tree. It's pagan. <laughs> yeah. Well, not even that. It's, just, it's like there's the whole thing about the golden calf. I'm going to take this bronze serpent, and we're going to look at it. It's going to heal us. You know what's crazy? Um, look at the <laughs> way when he hung it on, when he hung the serpent on it. On the cross. On the cross. What's mm-hmm. that a symbol of today? That's the caduceus. It's all about uh, health. It's on. Uh, it's all all the EMT vehicles. Right. Right. How crazy is that? Well, it makes sense to heal. Yeah. They, but you would think. Oh, this came straight out of scripture. No. It's be well, you would think, but you don't. It's it's a very pagan symbol at this point. Not the way he did it. Not the way he did it, no. 
But I'm saying in, in reality today, usually things we see today are very pagan. Easter bunnies. Bunnies that lay eggs. Well, that's just... That's Rabbit, just nonsense. the animal of fertility. Esther. Esther, the goddess of fertility. Well, you got Santa Claus who goes around in one night and feeds five million hey, kids. Hey, Tim Allen is the man, all right? So... Kurt Russell was better. You know what? I I agree. That was actually pretty cool. I didn't watch the second one, though. I didn't watch either Uh, of them. Oh, really? Then then shush you. It's too pagan. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, so yeah, we get this whole thing, and and you've got Joshua's like, dude, that is a pagan symbol. He's like, like, basically, what are you doing? That's pagan. And he's like, maybe you misunderstood what God was saying. And Moses comes back with, like, I learned to do what he says without questioning him. It's an act of faith, not reason. That was beautiful, too. It was beautiful. It was just wonderfully said. Well, it's really hard, though, because I—and and, it's—it still hits me in a way that confuses me, you know, where, okay, you're, you're recognizing that something is a pagan symbol. It's a pagan thing. It's pagan, pagan, pagan. But God told him to do it. And you go— uh, did did Moses did Moses not actually question? Am I really hearing what you're saying, God? Because this sounds pagan to me, and I can't tell you how many times I've been I've been stuck in that situation where I go, "Am I am I really hearing from God, or am I hearing from my own mind or something fleshly?" Right. So, the fact that Moses did this and it was a miraculous healing of all these people is like. Oh, good. He listened to God. I'm like, oh, whew. To me, well, it's like how, a gamble. That's, that's he won. How, that's how you learn to hear God's voice is if you think you're hearing God's voice, you obey it. And every time you obey it, you'll understand and un- you'll, you'll know that it's his voice over time. Mm. It's like a kid listening to his parents' voice. You know, At first, it takes a little bit, but then you can distinguish that voice in a crowd. So if yeah. you sit there and you go... You know, or even hearing your kid's voice. If you if you yeah, hear a kid go, "Mom, Dad," you know they're calling because you know your kid's voice. Right. So, but it takes time of hearing that, obeying it, and sometimes you are going to mess up, and you're going to, oh, that wasn't God. Mm-hmm. But then you're gonna go, oh, that was. You'll you'll be able to see the the two sides of it, and you'll be able to clarify and distinguish over time. That's God's voice, and that's not. Right. I mean, to to me, after everything else Moses has seen with the golden calf and all that stuff, I'm, I'm really surprised that he heard this from God and recognized this is still God after everything else he's seen. Right, but it was a representation of Christ being... Right, and that's what they needed to or, show. Right. That's what they needed to show here, and that's what kind of brings us into the episode itself. So... We get the the wiggly blue fish, in you know the opening, and we. You know get... what's funny is I now skipped that part of the. I fast forward it. Well, yeah, because we want to get to it. Right, and I'm like, okay. I do that with every TV show. I'm like, okay, I, I I've seen this six times. That's enough. Yeah. Next one. Yeah, six. That's your magic number. Oh. Well, no, I'm just using that as. Okay. Four times, three times, doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Mm-hmm. Once I've seen it enough where I feel like, okay, I'm <laughs> irritated with this now, it's, just, it's wasting my time. Fast forward. Well, while we're on that uh, issue of irritation, 
Matthew is super irritated in this whole episode. I love and it. And it's it's amazing because he is just his OCD is off the charts at this point because he is struggling for control. Oh yeah. Struggling for control. He has and his and he's just like he's totally disheveled, he's totally irritated. It's just has, full force OCD. And he has no answers to any of his questions, which he's not used to. Not at all. So he goes outside, does his, like, you know, three-lock-the-door thing, and then Gaius is standing right out there waiting for him. I saw that. I was like... That's... Well, he he did that one the first time we saw him. He did that. I didn't notice it the first time. Oh, I did, right off the bat. That's but what they, made me realize... But, oh, But he's... they focused on it on this part. Like They did last time, too, click, the, the first click, time. Click, and I'm like, yeah. wow. He did he's... it faster this time. That's because he's anxious now. Well, yeah, now he's irritated. Right. Yeah. So as he gets out, there's a Gaius who's st- showing right up at his house, and he's like, what are you doing here? He's like, uh, don't you want me to, like, guard you to walk through the city? He's like, why are you here now? Like, I've always found my way through it, and you're suddenly here. Right. So, I mean, it's like, you're just here just because I helped you get a promotion? Like, what, what, are, you, what are you trying to do? And he goes through this whole thing, and he explains all this stuff, and he's just like, you know what? For a fool, your, your brain has taken you pretty far. <laughs> uh, and uh, that's when, you know, you start seeing Matthew just, like, being so just, like, I'm done with you. I'm done with everybody else. And he's like, yeah, I thought so, too. But here I am, totally lost and just, like, really pissed. <laughs> well, I look, I look at that. I was thinking about it. You ever get into a argument with your wife? No, never. Never. <laughs> uh. <laughs> For some reason, I don't believe that. Um, you get to that point where you're just irritated enough that you say things that you're like, oh, I didn't have the gall to say that when I wasn't irritated. Now I can. Mm-hmm. And you think back and you go, okay. Or I do it to my kids sometimes. I go back to my kids and I'm like, I want to apologize for how I said it. What I said needed to be said, but how I said it, I was wrong. And Matthew could have done, could have said these things so much differently. But I don't but, think with Matthew's case, though, had he not been irritated, he would never really get it out in the first place. Oh, true. Because he, he was smart enough to know, don't say certain things. Either that or he's just, he, as smart as he is, he is still so overshadowed by fear mm. that unless he was to that point to that irrita- to that level of irritation he would not have said anything in the first place right because he does say things off the cuff throughout the whole thing right just not to this degree no no cuz at, at this point he was just like he wasn't just he wasn't doing his job anymore he was just like get out of here do this go like what do we get to later on but yeah he was he was not his normal self Right. Yeah, he was clearly um, preoccupied. Right. So we go from that, we get to Nicodemus, who is arguing with his wife, you know, and basically, again, she's like, I want to go home. You know, your, your, uh, was it like his nephew or something? He has like another, another grandchild or something? Their, their kid. Not their kid. Well, yeah, so it's another grandchild. Well, if it was their nephew, it wouldn't be a grandchild. So their kid is having. A fifth grandchild. Yeah, so right. that's a grandchild. Um, so the whole point is like they have to get back over there because he's going to do the bris. She's like, uh, I'm still not done with my research. 
you know, because he he's just like so hooked on this. Like, I need to see the miracle worker. I need to see this guy who did this because he is so baffled by somebody who is not part of the Sanhedrin, who, uh, you know, exercised demons and everything else. And then also with, with everything that came up with John saying he's, you know, clearing a path. It's like, what is this? He needs to know. He needs to know what's going on. And it, it's funny as he's going through it, and she's like, oh, well, you're not going to be there for the birth. He goes, it's my fifth grandkid. Like, yeah, anybody else could do it. Like, it's my fifth. It's not my first. Like, right. chill out. And then they find out, you know, and then Quintus shows up. <laughs> and I, I, I love Quintus is is one of the funniest guys in the show in this whole show. I mean, Matthew has his things, but Quintus, the way that he carries himself is just so like who Quintus? Yeah, he's so into himself. Oh, and it's it reminds he's... me of of some musicians I've played with in the past. Um, nobody from our church, but people I've known from the past who were just like, oh, come on, like I'm the best, like obviously whatever. Um, I love it. I love how Nicodemus like yells at him. He's like, um, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he goes into this whole thing about basics trying to figure out if Jesus of Nazareth, whatever the heck that means. <laughs> like, <laughs> we didn't um, explain what actually happens. He comes barging into the house. Right. And Nicodemus is like, who do you think you are? He goes, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. I can just, and Nicodemus goes, oh, okay. <laughs> Basically like, <laughs> Sure. I, I can't stop you, I guess. Yeah. But the whole thing is he's trying to figure out, like, is that thing that happened in the last episode, is that an issue? Like, are we going to have a problem here? Because basically the, the riot that ensued caused Herod's um, convoy to slow down. And if you right. think about it... It was actually Schmeagel's fault. Yeah. There would be no riot had it not been for that. If it had not been for them to do like, ah, oh, something, go freak out, when everybody was like calmly just standing no, there listening. No, if, the if Shmuel, Shmuel, yeah, Shmuel, Shmuel didn't throw a fit, yep. the Roman guards would not have come over. Right. Nothing would have happened. Right. He caused it. Right. He he's. I'm telling you, like I said last week, I think he's the guy who is the first one to say crucify him because yeah. he put John in jail. Mm-hmm. He is ratting out Jesus. He has an issue with Nicodemus. He mm-hmm. has been critiqued, criticized, and ridiculed by Nicodemus. And he doesn't agree with anything that Jesus is doing. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to cause a ruckus. Okay. I'm going to be the bus driver and just run this over. And he does. And all the issues from last week's episode are because of him. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, all the issues that he's facing from the from any of the Pharisees at all, Shmuel, he's the only one who's against everything else because Nicodemus has been covering the tracks. Right. But <laughs> it's just funny how it all goes and it all comes together. But I, I love the line there where Nicodemus <laughs> looks at it and it's like, yeah, you can do all this stuff, but, you know, who who's to say that you wouldn't be creating a martyr? You know, and, and all of this. Like, if you do this, you're basically glorifying what he's doing here. Which is exactly what happens. Which is exactly what happens, as we know, you know, the later on, like way later on, like way beyond this season, we get there. 
But Nicodemus is catching on to all of the prophecy being true and fulfilled through this character that he hasn't met face-to-face yet. So we get back over to uh, Jesus, who's explaining how they have to keep on moving, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, leave. You know, how many days of wood we have to put leave here? He's like, oh, five days. He goes, I thought you said we were leaving, like, you know, tomorrow. He's like, oh, yeah, well, next for the next weary traveler, you know, save some stuff for them. Like, that's that's what we do. That's how we live. We just, you know, help give on, you know, uh, pay it forward to the others. I'll never forget. Um, Another it was, Jim Cavizio reference, by the way. Oh, yeah? Was he in Pay It Forward? <laughs> I didn't watch it. He was the homeless guy. I didn't watch it. You've but never seen Pay It Forward? No, I, I know I know that, you know, Forrest Gump Jr.'s in it, but... Forrest Gump Jr.? Haley Joel Osmond. Anyway. Um, Sixth Sense. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Forrest Sixth. Gump. Nice to, nice to meet you, Mr. Gump. Oh. Yeah, that, he, played, he played Forrest's son. Oh, that's right. Way before all that stuff, AI and everything else, and yeah, yeah it was awful. Didn't but watch it. yeah, he plays in Pay It Forward. Yep, he Six actually cents, yeah. he starts off. Just go watch it. Jim Caviezel is this homeless guy with perfect pearly white teeth and bright blue eyes. <laughs> I'm like everything else. Oh, is, his, his eyes weren't red <laughs> or yellow. <laughs> no, but he's like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like in the passion. Oh my god, why do his eyes keep changing color? It freaks me out. I watch that movie. I'm like, his eyes are red, his eyes are yellow, his eyes are brown. I'm like, this dude's eyes are blue. They're like bright. Just, they're just, not just, just blue. I know. They're they're, they're very blue. They're and in this bright. movie, they gave him every other contact besides blue. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't buy this. I can't take it. No, but it was he does a really good job as Caviezel does. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, paying it forward. Paying it forward. So I had this vision a while ago. Not, not, not a vision, but I, I guess a vision of Jesus is like the guy who goes to the toll booth and says, hey, um, I'm going to go ahead and did that guy pay the toll? Or like, you know, that last guy who came through here, did, did, he sped through here. Did he not pay the toll? Okay, I'm, I got him. All right, I got it. He's covered. And everybody else behind me, I, I got them too. Don't worry about it. No, like, I got it. I'm just like, oh, Jesus, I've, I've been here before. It's like, yeah. I, I got this. Don't worry about it. Like, I imagined Jesus being that really cool guy in the toll booth who just pays everybody's toll. You know? I've been there where somebody paid a toll for me, so I paid the toll for the person behind me. And I'm like, man, somebody, one person paid double. And it just like blessed the next person, blessed the next person, you know. Until and that so one on, person's so like, "Oh, great, just thanks," and then leaves, and they, you know, starts all. Same over. with Dunkin' Donuts. Mm-hmm. Somebody did to me a dunk, so I'm like, "Oh, I guess I'll pay for them too." You know, it's 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 amazing. It's a drive-through thing that we see now. So we see that now in our in our culture, you know, where it's a drive-through, paying it forward, you know, but everywhere else, not not too many places. But anyway, I we, we kind of get that whole point where, like, Jesus is showing us that here. Right. Something as simple as leave firewood. Yeah, you cut up a few extra pieces of wood. Leave it here for a new guy. Okay, cool. What I don't get is you see, is it um, is it James cutting up the wood? Or young, is that? Young James? Is it young James? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's using a hatchet to cut up twigs. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> Just use your knee. Snap it in half. It doesn't look that difficult. You're not cutting up giant logs. You're yeah, cutting up little pieces of branch, snap them in half, and lay them in a pile. Well, that's that's what Big James does. Little James, Young James, Adam Sandler just, you know, uses a hatchet. So, um, anyway. I don't think he looks 
anything like Adam Sandler. Nobody else does either, but he, he looks... Unless he looks you're like, thinking Adam Sandler from, like, Wedding Singer. Yeah. That I could see, like, the long, curly... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Other than that, no. <laughs> okay. Adam Sandler from Wedding Singer, I can see. <laughs> so... Because he sings like him, too. <laughs> Not really. Celebrate holidays. <laughs> the only thing you can think of from that movie is Love the stinks. guy who plays... Boy, George. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a guy. That's Alexis Arquette. No. Oh, I mean, it is a guy, but it's not a guy. Alexis Arquette. David Arquette's brother, sister. sister. Brother, sister. Yeah, died a few years ago. Oh, really? Maybe many years ago. Yeah. That was a... That was a guy who was, turned who was known as Alexis Arquette for years. Yeah. So really, Alex Arquette, who became Alexis Arquette. Maybe. Hey, I, I know somebody whose name is very different than their birth name once they transitioned. We won't get into this. That's a whole other podcast. That we're never going to have. Never. Um, anyway, so we get to Mary, who's apologizing for the uh, the paralytic situation and explaining about, like, you know, Nicodemus's inquiry. So she's basically like, I'm so sorry that I let him in. He's like, uh, he was going to find a way in it no matter what. Right. You know, like, she's like, I know, but I did this. And he's like, Mary, you did exactly what needed to happen. It's totally fine. Chill out. And she tar- star- starts talking about Nicodemus and how he seemed very earnest. He seemed like he was really, like, he sincerely wants to know and learn, like, what he's trying to teach you know, he's not just trying to condemn and, and you know, uh, go after him, uh, persecute him, if you will. And it, it's funny because as they're talking about it, um, he's like, okay, well, that's that's great. Like, we have to go because we've got dinner plans tonight. <laughs> Which is, it's, it's so great we see it because we know, we know where it's going to go. Like, we might not know re- or realize how where it is now because of how they're going to like play it, like play it. Right. But I, I remember laughing, like seeing this for like the third or fourth time, this episode laughing, saying, ah, <laughs> that's so good to connect it because we know he already knew he already knew right. that he's, he was going to, maybe he didn't, maybe. Yeah, no, he knew. Yeah, he definitely knew. Cause he already made that connection with Matthew when he was running out of the hole in the back. Right. Yeah, so we knew. He's like, oh, yeah, it's going to happen, and we got this, and we're going to go have him throw us some food and, like, throw us a party. And we didn't get there yet, did we? No, not in this episode. Who, Matthew's party? Yeah. Not yet. No, no that's next episode. Anyway. Um, it's the final spoiler alert. <laughs> episode. Yeah. Thanks, though. Yeah, so I, anyway. I, we spoil shows, and Lee spoils it for me before I even watch it. I mean, you know it's going to happen. We're already there, but anyway. Our next episode. I, haven't, I, haven't I know. Well, we're next. talking about episode seven right now. You just talked about episode eight. Huh? I know that, but I'm, right now I'm talking about episode seven. Episode seven. I know. I'm not doing it. You're not going to do it? Oh, come on. I'm not doing Start it. Start with a the. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure... <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Matthew goes to visit his family's home And he bumps into his mom She's the only one who's home right Which I don't understand this Because He's like First he calls her mom Well and he calls her Ema Which yeah. is mom Yeah And then he calls her by her name Right And he's like I'm sorry I'm sorry 
And then she's like, "If you're fa- since your father's not here, I can't let you in." Right. Why? Well, because her his father is the like the man of the house, and he his, basically her cast son? him out. Her son. Yeah, I know, but he was cast out, and there's a there's clearly a barrier between them, a giant wedge, right, in their relationship. So it's like no. No, because if he came home and saw him there, there would be a huge issue. And true, I, I don't know. I, it, was I, just, I, it was just weird. I'm like, I, if I was the if I was her, and the dad was, I'd be like, come here, come here. I, I can't. Okay, I'm so happy to see you. Your daughter comes out. Your daughter moves out and becomes a Nazi, a skinhead. I would still love her. You would still love her. I invite her in my home, and. I would lock her in the closet, and I would have... Oh, that's interesting. That's like the opposite of the whole Anne Frank situation. So you would you would take the Nazi yes. and hide the Nazi. Yes. <laughs> and not the Jew. Ah, yeah. Right, but I would hide the Nazi, and I would do the reverse on them, what they do to other people. Uh-huh. So I would sit there and talk with her and tell her that, you know, what you're doing is wrong, and I would... Love her in her imprisonment. I can't even do this with a straight face. No, I would. I would love her. I'd invite her in, and I would do everything I could to show her the truth, and hope and pray that she comes around at some. And point. why is that? Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, these people are coming from a different time. These people are coming from pressure. Yeah, well, these living people are in coming... the new New Testament, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> these people are coming from a very different time. True. Tradition is is huge. Um, honor for your family is huge, um, and and it goes beyond uh, our our understanding of of total and complete forgiveness, regardless of the circumstance. I wonder how Matthew's dad feels after everything when my son wrote part of the Bible. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a book of. Uh, I don't uh, tell you his dad's name. No, they do. They do. Um, Roy. Let's call him Roy. <laughs> <laughs> so a good Jewish name. Alpheus. There we go. Oh, that's... Alpheus. Alpheus. That doesn't sound Hebrew. <laughs> that actually sounds more Roman than Hebrew. I know it does. <laughs> now I think about it. Matthew, son of Alpheus. Anyway. Um... Yeah, so he's he's there visiting his mom, and they're basically talking back and forth. And she's talking about how how amazed the rabbis were at his intelligence at a young age. And immediately I go, oh man, it's like my daughter, you know, like everybody is astounded that my five year old daughter can read the Bible and doesn't have to ask me what words are. Like she can read them and understand them because she gets it. Right. And it's like, oh, that's so cool. And you see some other kids who are, you know. Stacking blocks. <laughs> At five, yeah. I mean, you see that, but I mean, this, but then you see my daughter who can't climb a ladder, you know, at five. I mean, I'm not talking like a up to the top of my roof, but like a simple, you know, things like right. that. Like she, she excels in certain areas where she's very smart because she spent most of her time studying. But as far as like physical movements and stuff like that, she scooted on her butt, never crawled. 
Oh, she, she did one of those? Never crawled. She scooted until she was two. And then suddenly she started walking. And we're like, oh, thank God, because we have another kid coming like in a month. <laughs> because see, we can't deal with you scooting around. See, my oldest daughter at five um, held a makeshift spoon and with her mind bent it. Uh, well, there was no spoon. There was no spoon. That's that's the issue. That's the thing. That's what we had to realize. My other daughter was actually moving blocks with her mind, mm. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had them tested, both of them. Um, they're not the one, though. No, they're not the one. <laughs> w- were they... <laughs> <laughs> were they found in Sokovia? I mean, <laughs> what are we doing here? Yeah, she's not Scarlet Witch. <laughs> <laughs> Crossover, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> from the MCU to reality. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, at this point, like I said, hey, Will we're, did we're, say anything could happen. He did. He said Batman could show up, and that's why my joke was I'm like, you know what, Elizabeth Olsen should just walk all the way across the country, you know, dressed up as a Scarlet Witch, and start like moving trash cans or something, just to, just to like show us how all bets are off at this point. What they could <laughs> do is they could really cross over a lot. Have you ever seen? Um, Beastly? No. With her with her sister? Her sister. Her older sister. Her I think older it was, sister? I think it was Ashley Olsen. Oh, she's in it? Yeah. So oh, Beastly she... is a modern day Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I know. And I believe it's, it could be Mary-Kate, Ashley. It's one of the two. It's probably both of them. Which one's on Coke? I think it's that one. <laughs> I think it's, yeah, so it's both of them. <laughs> <laughs> um... But she actually plays... Hey, stay away from that, because, I mean, you have to be careful. I, I mean, you don't want to be too white. Well, not that your, kind of Coke. With your Coke. <laughs> those, those poor polar bears are all out of a job now. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to use black bears. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> are polar bears... I mean, are, I mean, are panda bears okay at this point? <laughs> they're mixed. <laughs> They're not too white. <laughs> they're not too black. <laughs> oh, they're so bad. Oh, oh Coca-Cola, you screwed yourselves. Oh, man. So bad with this. And they're like, oh, by the way, sorry, that was not our official standpoint. That just happened to be a, a, a sub-training we were doing as part of a such-and-such. Such. Oh, God, they, just, they just actually, stop talking. They, just stop. They actually <laughs> leaked. Someone leaked the... Uh, Screenshots. Oh, of, I know. I have them on my phone. I know. I'm I like, saw this them. is awful. <laughs> <laughs> um, but back at Mary Kate Ashley, whichever one of the Olsen twins plays the witch that turns the prince into the beast. Oh, that's funny. In this case, he's a popular high school student. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and Vanessa Hutchins plays the beauty. Um, you know who Vanessa Hutchins is, right? No, I don't. High School Musical. Sorry, no. Okay, no. Um, you have Disney Plus now. Great. Let Great. me waste my time with High School Musical. Hey, I got two girls. <laughs> I watched them. Um, but she's a coming star who plays the beauty in this one, and he is the guy who plays on I Am Number Four. Oh. And Mary Kate Ashley Olsen, one of them, plays the witch that turns him into the beast in this show. Um, so it was really, it's kind of interesting to see her play kind of a very similar role to her sister in this story. See, I, 
I am number four. I prefer this, which makes Short more sense. Short circuit. Short circuit is number five. Johnny Five. Uh, it's like number five. Still alive. But, okay. I get it. No, I, I, I get it. It's get just it. The, sh- the movie's like 60 years old. Campbell's Soup. It's a whole meal in a can. <laughs> What that 60 is. years old? Are you kidding me? Okay, 40. But dude, this this came out after you were born. Almost 40 years old. Yeah. It yeah. was the 80s. Yeah, it was like 88, was it? I don't know. 86. Okay. So 34 years, 35 years old, either 34 way. 34 years ago. Yes. It's still mm-hmm. almost 40 years. If I had to compare that one to anything that was back then, <laughs> as I loved um a computer who wore tennis shoes. You know what? I have it on my queue to watch. I've never seen it. Kurt Russell, one of his older uh, Disney movies. Yeah. Yes. Well, he he was a kid who like somehow got the brain power of a computer. Basically, like Jarvis would, like was like uploaded to his brain. Well, through lightning. Yeah. And yeah. He became smart, and then he became dumb. Mm. Oh, Ernest goes to school. Got it. Kinda. Yeah. But not the same. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Jim Varney was the man. We yeah. are so far off track right now. How do, how do we go from The Chosen to Ernest Goes to School with everything else in between? <laughs> yeah, that's a big jump. But we anyway. do that with every conversation, though. Yeah, well, that's why we're here. I mean, if we were just going to, like, give you a recap, we would just be Wikipedia. <laughs> well, that wouldn't always be true, though, because anyone can add to Wikipedia. Well, what we say isn't true either. It's just our opinion. Opinions are like belly buttons. That's Well, not everybody has them. Neo didn't have one. Neo did have one. Well, not, not really. Was it Neo? You're thinking the kid from Kyle XY. Okay. From TV. Oh, yeah. He did not. He did not. Did Adam have a belly button? I don't did know. Did Eve have a belly button? Because that would just look weird. It, it it would look weird or wouldn't? I mean, if it they would didn't? Look, imagine, like, anybody without a belly button. <laughs> For some reason, it would just look weird. <laughs> I'm still laughing at the meme I sent you of uh, the, uh, the Leo DiCaprio face. You know, <laughs> where it says, it's like, God... Adam says to God, he's like, God, I want to find my perfect soulmate. And he goes, oh, that'll cost you an arm and a leg. And he's like, oh, what can I get for a rib? <laughs> and it shows him going, meh. <laughs> oh, from Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> no, no, no. No, it's not Wolf of Wall Street. It's it's DiCaprio. His and, image and, is from and Django. Wolf of- no, the, the same Django picture they have with him, like, holding up the little glass. Yeah, that's from Wolf of Wall Street. No, it's, fr- it's from Django Unchained. Wolf of Wall Street is a current, like, uh, 80s type thing. Django was back in the, uh, you know, the old days. Yeah. Dude, he, look what he's wearing. He's, he's on, a planta- on a plantation. Give me Wolf 30. of Wall Street was, like, 80s, 90s. Let me go through your ridiculous amount of, uh, I uh, love your the perfect cast, <laughs> the perfect cast meme. <laughs> <laughs> was that not perfect? We were talking about that. We were, we talked about the perfect cast when we said throw I it know. over the other side. And I was like, oh, come on. Oh, I forgot about this. I forgot about this. The monkey tail. Oh, yeah. 
So uh, for those of you who don't know, I did the monkey tail for about a day. Uh, no, sorry, not even a whole day. Then I did just a mustache, and I, it just did not fit with my face. My face is too round for a mustache. And not, not like the good round, just kind of like a weird round. But anyway. Can we please get back to the jokes? Matthew <laughs> is talking to his mom. And basically, she's, she just kind of rips on him saying, like, we never thought you would use your gifts to bleed your people dry. Oh, wow. He's got serious there for a second, huh? Wow. So he explains how he's, like, totally frustrated. And he's basically reaching out to his mom saying, Mom, like, I don't understand any of the things I'm seeing. Like, everything I know isn't making sense. And she's like, get out of my house. Well, he tries to justify himself first saying, I have a <laughs> skill with numbers. Right. It's the only reason why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. And it made me money. Mm-hmm. You got to do a job. Someone's going to do it. Right. So why not do it and make the money? Right. And he, he even get, offers her Offers money. them money. <clears throat> yeah. He says, he's like, hey, you know, I can give you money. And she's like, your dad's not going to accept your blood money. You know, basically. And it's just like he's, but he's trying to connect with somebody the only person he can really connect with aside from Gaius or aside from Gaius except for Gaius or yeah, yeah I mean the only relationships he has is Gaius Quint doesn't even have the guy who carts him around anymore that guy blew him off he's done so it's like he's got nobody else in his life so his he's dog. trying to connect with hmm? his dog his dog I'm still trying to figure out the whole like What's what's the dog etiquette back then? Because they all seem very confused about him having a dog. He's like, oh, of course you'd have a dog, Quintus. He's like, yeah, yeah, of course you would have a dog. You and his mom, I'll, I'll leave him outside if you want me to come in. Yeah, and she's, like, very, like, wary about it. And I'm just like, what? I wonder if it was a status thing, because he did have money. Yeah. So he did have a higher, quote-unquote, higher status. Right. So yeah. I wonder if that was the... Like, if you have a pet dog, you're rich? I don't know. I, I don't know what it was. Maybe I mean, it's it, a cool dog, too. It is a pretty cool dog. That dog is pretty chill. Yeah. I keep looking, and you see the dog, and you're like, where's this collar? Oh, yeah. The you know what I realized, too, is because after this scene, he, you see him back in his booth a couple times. Not his cage, his booth. And every time somebody gives him money, I'm, I know I'm fast-forwarding ahead, but he just holds the bag and goes... Good. Uh, he doesn't yeah. open the bags. He doesn't care. He doesn't count. No, he's just done. Well, no, he's always done that. Yeah. When Simon and Andrew first gave him the first one, he's like, "Are there, are there gems in here?" Right. Like, he knew. <laughs> he knew. And he he's so good at numbers. He's so good at that stuff that he can just hold it and knows roughly exactly what's in the bag. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like two hundred and forty-six toothpicks. It's like. Uh, 137 pieces of kryptonite. Yes. Yeah. In the jar right there. Just yeah. he's sober. Ah, oh, boy. So, <laughs> Jesus is helping make dinner at Simon's, which is cool. He's hanging out with Eden. They're making dinner together. She's having a grand old time. He's just like, oh, look at me. I'm just cutting dinner with this, you know, really dull knife because their knives were just like made of rocks back then. <laughs> and... Basically, he, he asks Simon to stay behind while he meets up with Nicodemus. And Simon, again, is like, dude, no, I could be doing all these things. And she's like, no, you're exactly where I need you to be. 
Like, just stay here. Do what you got to do. Like, this is where I'm, I'm calling you to be. Right. And we're going to continue to see this with Simon the entire time. Like, we know, like, it's so funny because we always, we go through Scripture, Peter's the golden child. You know, he's he's like, as they said, the teacher's pet. Teacher's pet, right. You know, he's the one who walks out into the water. He's the one who does this. He's the one who does all these things. But he's also the one who denies Jesus three times. Not like the meme I sent you. Playing basketball. <laughs> Playing basketball. You never actually sent me that meme. Oh, I just you told just you about told it? You told me about oh, it. Oh, it was pretty funny. But, um, yeah. But the point is, like, we see, we always think of Peter and all the things that he goes through. And we go, oh, man, like, he was like right there with him, like his best buddy. And I think it's amazing the way we're seeing their relationship here because Simon is so like, he's so gung-ho to follow, but he's also so stuck in his own thoughts. And he needs to be reeled in a little bit. Right. Like he he wants to, he, he thinks he knows what he needs to do. He's all about doing. He's got this performance mindset. Right. You know, this this mentality where he has to perform a certain way and not just wait, listen, and trust, you know, which we can all relate to. Yeah, 100%. Um, so I, I love that about about him. So I And I think, like, we can sit here and say, my favorite character in this show is so-and-so. But honestly, I can relate to every character in this show. And that's what's so cool about it. Like, I can relate to, to Mary. I can relate to Simon. I can re- relate to Eden. I can relate to... Um, like, I can relate to Andrew. I can relate to everybody else in this episode. And I think that's what's so cool about it is they, they found a way to embody um, all of these characteristics that we have, all of these um, parts of our personality when it comes to our walk with Christ. So it's really, really cool to see that. And for me, you know, I definitely, I, I resonated with Simon the entire time. But... Um, I mean, mainly he's like, he's doing what he's going to do. He'll do whatever he has to do to make sure his family's okay, even if it means, like, making a bad decision that he has to, like, quote-unquote lie about or whatever. Right. Um, and then here, where he's like, I have to do this. I have to, I have to protect you. Like, that's what I can do. It's, it's my gifting that I understand. But, I mean, I look back to people we know in our church who have giftings for so many other things, but yet they're called to something else. Right. You know? I mean, I still have my talent sitting here. I haven't figured it out yet. I'm still praying for it. I know you can't see it. It's hiding. It's just, it's there. Oh, there it goes. Yeah, it was there. <laughs> it's a talent? Yeah, the talent that we got a year ago. So um, our pastor at our church a year ago um, decided to, to actually share financial, like an actual piece of currency with all of the members of the church. Yeah. Which you did uh uh, lemonade stand or something? No, we you did a bake sale. Bake sale. We yeah, a, we did a fun, we did a like a fundraiser. Yeah. yeah so you a, used your sales skills. You used your daughter's and you know your wife's like skills of of baking and cooking, and you worked together and you took those talents and you multiplied them and gave them back to the church. Right. And that was the whole thing. Is it's it's a great thing where it's like we can sit here on our talents and bury it, which I guess I've done so far. But hey, we're in the middle of COVID and. Uh, whatever excuses excuses right but the point is like we can sit here and hide these things but it comes down to like are we going to actually listen to what god is trying to guide us to or are we going to try to think of it on our own you know i can sit here and say what's my what's my talent what's my skill 
You know, where, what am I going to use this talent for? And I can sit there and do that until the cows come home. And I'm not going to hear it unless I actually ask God, hey, can you tell me what I'm supposed to be doing with this? Here's right. a talent you've given me. God, I need you to show me. I will not act upon this until you show me. Right. So. Sometimes you need to just act, though. Yeah. Because at that point, that, that shows, it's like, if you're looking for a job, do you ask your father what kind of job you should go for? I did. My dad told me I was supposed to be an electrical engineer. I am not. Right, but how long ago was that? I was like five. Okay. As an adult, <laughs> did you, when you got your job that you work at now, did you ask your dad what job? Or did you know, as an adult, I need to support my family. This is what I'm good at. I'm going to go do it. No. I said, where's the money? Same thing. And I went into the interview and said, hey, I've never failed an interview. I will get any job I go for. And I did. And I hated every job I got. <laughs> and then after making decent money for years, I said, God, what are you trying to tell me here? And God called me back to a job that wasn't very lucrative, but um, I could do a lot of good. Good. Right, and but what I'm saying is you didn't need your dad's permission, approval, or whatever to go and do that. Nope. But I God needed wants his guidance. To, God wants us to get to a point where we can make a decision and we're hearing his voice along the way. We don't have to stop and wait. And That's beside the point. But yeah. let's continue. Okay. Okay, side note. Can I borrow your head thingy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> <laughs> the thing I have been laughing at with Lee for the last three weeks. You've been thinking about it for a couple of weeks now, saying, you know what? That was really nice, wasn't it? But after wearing a, my hat all day, my head is. Oh, right? Oh my gosh. It's so great after a hat day. You know what? It it's, it's releasing. It's releasing like oxytocin. It's <laughs> it anyway. Reminds me of something. I gotta. We're gonna keep talking. I'm gonna look this up, but we're keep talking. I'm gonna show you after. <laughs> so we get to um. We 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 then get to one of my favorite scenes in the entire series so far, which is the rooftop meeting with Nicodemus. So. What we didn't touch upon, I was, I was trying to before, was uh, Quintus wanted Nicodemus to tell him when and where the meeting was going to happen, if there was going to be a meeting. And Nicodemus is like, yeah, yeah, well, whatever. And then right. did not, clearly did not tell him. Um, so he goes ahead, sneaks up there, meets up with him. And I love, as we're seeing it, John is there taking the most meticulous notes he possibly can. I actually was intrigued by that because you're you're watching in this you're watching the bible being written right i loved it which was really cool cause it was so cool because we know because he says the john three sixteen like we we get specifically you know god so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son not forgotten begotten son that whoever believes in him will receive eternal life and i was just like wow it was it was so great to get that <laughs> See, you're not laughing at me anymore. That feels great, doesn't it? Oh, my God. 
for a dollar? Come on, you can't beat that. So, did you buy it in Massachusetts? No. Okay, so it wasn't a dollar. It was exactly a dollar. (laughs) (laughs) So, we get this whole thing, but we've got Nicodemus there, and he's just like, I don't understand how you're doing this. You're clearly not acting alone. Um, And as he's talking, it's like, it has to be coming from God. Like, you have to be sent from God. And Jesus is like, yeah, and how's that How's that belief going over the synagogue? <laughs> and Nicodemus is like, well, pfft, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you get it. Like, It's not. It's not at all. Like, I'm the only one who's, who's like, <clears throat> on this train here. Um, and he explains, he's like, I came to show a kingdom. A, can- a kingdom you can't see unless a man cannot see this kingdom unless he is born again. <laughs> and we get we get my favorite lines. I love the way Eric Avari does. He's like, oh, born again, like you know, in this way or that way. Or I hope you don't mean like to and- go back into my mother because my mother, God rest her soul, is long since dead. That will be a problem for me. <laughs> like <laughs> he's so he's, like, he's so literal about the whole I know. thing. <laughs> And that's the thing. I mean, born again. Like, what does that mean, born again? What are you What are you saying? And it, and it makes total sense to us now who have been born again, but it doesn't make sense to people before. I, I remember, I remember the people I knew in high school who were born again, quote unquote. Like, I'm born again, and the girls would wear a ring showing that they were born again. I'm just like. Oh, okay. I'm dating Jesus. Yeah, I'm like, okay, so all the stuff that you did before, all the people you've, you know, did before, done things with before. Uh, you just say did before. <laughs> it fits everything. Yeah, it's a little bef- beyond where I want to go with it. But yeah, yeah, I mean, all the things you've done in the past, you're, you're just going to, like, say it, pretend it never happened and just say, okay, I'm clean now. And then, but continue to be the same person you have been. Because that was the thing. Like I know people, and it's it's funny because people who have recently uh, popped back up um, in in my life in one way or another, who I remember in high school they were quote unquote born again, and I and I laughed at them because I was not a believer and didn't understand what that even meant. It was to me it was just some kind of joke that people say. Well, don't stab yourself in the eye, all right? It was, I won't. You're getting kind of close there. Ow. <laughs> so um, anyway. Ew. My t- my I know what turn. you're saying though, because it's funny because people at my job, the, they find out that I go to church or they see my Bible in my bag or whatever, and like, oh, you're religious. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, I hate that term. I'm like, <laughs> no. Um, but th- that's the thing though is I don't want them. To, I never wanted them to think that I was quote unquote religious. Yeah, nobody does. I'm being me. I joke with them. I talk like a, I talk like I'm a dude. You know, yes, <laughs> I think the funniest part is watching Lee's face as he's scratching his head. <laughs> <laughs> this sense of euphoria, <laughs> it's been a long day, man. It's been a long and stressful day. That's the thing, though. Is I don't, when you see Jesus in this, you don't think religious, you think. He's a dude. He's a dude. It's it's relational, which is the whole point. It's relational. No. So <laughs> it's just it's it's about the relationship. Again, it goes back to the humanity of Jesus and not the divinity. 
So we have to we have to accept that and just like watch the show, like really seeing what it was like to walk with Jesus. Again, it's a show. We don't know if this is how it was, but if we were to imagine what it might have been like, it's it's the closest I can I can really imagine it to be. You okay? No. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> So, um, as they're having this whole conversation, he's basically, Jesus is saying, like, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Right? Are you okay? No. What's wrong with you? Lee's going through a costume change every 13 (laughs) seconds over here. Do you want to explain what you're wearing at the present moment? Edith? For those of you who don't know who Edith is, <laughs> it's an acronym for... Uh, it's, it's been a while since I watched the movie. I don't remember. What's it stand for? I don't remember. Oh, even even <clears throat> dead, I am the hero. <laughs> that was even dead, I'm the hero. That was Tony Stark. <laughs> the glasses he made for Spider-Man for for Peter Parker. Peter Parker. Yeah. No, I'm just hey, th- these are blue light canceling, so um it helps me to look just at my because screen. Because they have a blue lens does not mean they're blue light canceling. Oh, I thought that's what it meant. <laughs> Prior to that, he was wearing the cheesy 3D blue and oh, red no. glasses. No, no. I'll show you later what these are. <laughs> they are so much cooler than you Let think they are. No, no, we'll talk later. Let me you, see them. You can't see them right now. They won't make sense to you. They will We're make... not in the right lighting. Trust me. Trust me. Will they help you see a map to a treasure? They will help under you. Under a church? Let's just say it's very um, biblical. We'll get there. So, um... <sighs> Wow. <laughs> we're we're going off on some tangents here. So anyway. Was, I love it though. The whole the whole thing that we're getting here, yeah, like you can love it, but nobody else is seeing what we're seeing. They're only hearing this, and to them it sounds like total nonsense. <laughs> so th- they're going into this whole thing where Jesus is trying to explain to Nicodemus what it's like to understand what it is to hear from God, to understand what God is and what he's doing here and how things are are new. And he's like, Do you hear the wind? You know, like, do you know where it comes from? You know where it's going, you know, and it's like, you know, in, in both times, Nicodemus is like, no, I don't know where it comes from. I don't know where it's going. And he's like, OK, but the way he's answering, he's like, no, no. OK, like he's really interested in hearing what he's saying. He's not right. just like poo pooing it. He's like really intrigued in any he, and, he, and he's he's like a kid hearing from a teacher. Right. And it's it's so great because he, he's referring to him as tell me, rabbi. You know, this high rabbi of rabbis, you know, is Teacher basically talking to this common man, per se, right. as rabbi. Right. Wow. Like, he is totally submitting to him because he knows this man has power. This man has been has been anointed by God. You know, he is God on earth. He is God as a man. And he's getting it. He's realizing it and understanding it. And what makes the next part so... So hard. I know. I know. <clears throat> and so he's like, if I tell you of earthly things and you don't believe these earthly things, 
how could you believe in the heavenly things? Scripture all over again. Yeah. And it's just like, it's so, it's so awesome. And that's the whole point. It's like, if you don't believe in the stuff that's right here, why would I even bother telling you about these other things? You're not even ready for it. You're not ready for any of it. You know? But, He's going to continue to, you know, give him this chance. He talks about Moses lifting the bronze snake, and all he had to do was look at it. And he says, so will the Son of Man be lifted up. And and that's when he starts to realize, he's like, okay, so you didn't come to save us from the Romans. You, 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 you're, you know, he's this, you know, Son of Man is coming to save us from sin? It's so funny because even Nicodemus is 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 confused about that. Like, oh... Even I thought you were just going to, like, you know, be, come and be a warrior right. and fight against the Roman army and and save us in this way. But it's like, it's all about sin? It had nothing to do with what he thought it was. Nothing. And that's <clears throat> it, it blows him away because he looks at me and he almost says it like, that is a big issue? Like, that's the big issue? Really? Like, there's all this other stuff going on and you're worried about sin? And she's like, yeah. That's the big issue. The that big is issue. The, the issue. issue is sin. Right. And if it were not for sin, all this other stuff wouldn't be happening. Right. You know, which goes back to my 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 whole thing I keep sticking with is like if each of us did for another and didn't do for ourselves, none of us would want. We would all be set. Think about it. If if everything you needed, I helped you achieve yep. and I and I gave you and you gave the same to somebody else, and somebody gave to me, it would be a perpetual, um, consistent chain of everybody taking care of the next person. Sure. The entire world would be okay if everybody took care of the next person. We would never have to fight for justice. We would never have to fight for food. We would never have to compete with each other because we were always taken care of and we were always taking care of another. True. And that's what Jesus wanted. That's what Jesus is trying to prove here, like love your neighbor. But he also knew that it would never just snap and all of us just go ahead and start taking care of each other. Right. But he's saying, follow me. If you follow me, then, you know, you can start living like that. Hey, he and, tells and Nicodemus this too. Yes. He says, leave everything. Mm -hmm. Leave your position, leave your family, leave everything. He's like, even come follow me. Come walk with us because we're going to Capernaum soon. Come mm -hmm. with us. And then you see it in Nicodemus. Yeah. You see him just start to break. Yeah. Well, what he says down. is like, what you would gain is far greater and more lasting than anything you would you would give up, anything you're giving up here. Think about it. You know, he's like, I'll talk to you in, like, in five days. I'll be at the well in the southern quarter. That's your chance. Come meet me there and you can follow me. And, and Nicodemus just, like, stops. He's like, is the kingdom of God really coming? And he's just, like, he breaks. He gets down on his knees and starts, like, kissing his hand. And Jesus is like, what are you doing? Like, like Stand back it's, like, it's, it's like, it's like don't, don't do that. What are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm just, like, I, I, I have to, like, beg you. You know, I have to sit there. And, like, he's just, like, groveling at that point. And Jesus picks him up. And he says, blessed are all who, see, who take refuge in him. And he pulls them in for this hug that's just like, and then there goes the music again. Oh, like, right. oh my God, I bawled my eyes out because he, here he is 
going in, you know, saying, I have to serve this God on earth, you know, God as a man here, and I'm on my knee, and, and he picks me up and just hugs me. Right. That is not the God that they knew. Right. They knew God as, as Lord. You're my Lord. You're my master. You're the person who I am your servant. Right. You know, not Lord, Savior, friend, brother, father, like all of these amazing things we know him to be now, the right. Trinity, you know, to be now. So when he gets picked back up and pulled in for a loving, like, fatherly slash brotherly embrace, he just weeps and just like melts in his arms. And I always imagine that. Like there's been so many so many artistic depictions of that too, of the day that we meet Jesus face to face like that. Right. And we just fall apart and fall on his chest. See it's funny because I, I look at it and this part didn't touch me the way it touched you. The part that touched me was Matthew. The next scene. Yeah. Um, which, this scene's really cool because you see Matthew back doing his job. Mm-hmm. He's in his cage, booth, whatever, <laughs> with Quintus, sorry, Gaius. Gaius. Right mm-hmm. next to him. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and they're, t- they're, they're having conversation with this line of people paying. And this is where Matthew's sitting there just, Handling the bags of yep. coins, and he's just, yeah, yep, you're done. Okay, you're good. Yep, Move on. you're good. And they're having a conversation. Well, I mean, the conversation though is great because he's talking to him, and, and, and again, it comes down to your parents should be proud of who you are and what you're doing. You know, you're using your gifts, you're doing everything you should be doing because you've been given these gifts, and that's great. And he's like, yeah, you don't understand it. He's like, I just went to my mom. Yeah, we had a co- we talked because yeah. I have no one to talk to, and I have questions that aren't being answered. And it's crazy because this right here is the part that got me because you see Jesus inviting Nicodemus to come follow him. And Nicodemus is struggling. He's he's wealthy. Yep. He's got position. He's struggling. He has right. The same, he's almost in the same position as Matthew where Matthew is wealthy. He's good, well off. Right. He's got position. He's got status. He's got money. He's got all this stuff. Jesus asked Nicodemus, and Nicodemus is struggling. Well, the difference is Nicodemus has a lot more people who are relying on him than Matthew, in a, in a sense. Matthew is good at his job. He's secure in where he is, um, and he could he could continue on his path that he's currently on and be successful. Whereas Nicodemus already has a status. He's married. He's got a family and all these people who are relying on him. He's got all, like, the Sanhedrin who's trusting in him, in him as teacher of teachers. Like, he's got a lot more riding on on that. And it almost goes down to, you know, the wealthy man who he, Jesus is like, you know, give up everything. Right. You know, sell all your the possessions. Rich ruler. Yeah. yeah. And, and, he, and he's like, give up all your possessions. And he left weeping because he was like, I'm not ready to do that. And that was it. Like, he wanted to, but he was like, I'm too stuck in my possessions right. and, and all my material Which stuff. Matthew wasn't. Matthew was like... Matthew didn't care. And this is the part, this is the scene that I was expecting last episode. episode. You yeah. see Jesus and the disciples. No, I love that it didn't happen until this episode, though, because yeah. it showed him really freaking out for an entire episode. Right. It showed, and it showed the comparison between him and Nicodemus, too. Right. Exactly. And you see Jesus just walking nonchalantly through town, uh, through the crowd of people, through the line, 
And then he does that turn around again. He, he stops dead in his tracks and turns around again. And just like he did the last season, yep. like, like he did the last episode, looks Matthew right in the eye. Matthew's mm-hmm. kind of jolted. Just totally shocked. Like, oh, he's looking at me again. What's, the, what's he going to say? <laughs> like, what's going to happen? And then he turns around and starts walking mm-hmm. and then stops again and mm-hmm. then turns around again. And I'm like, hurry up. <laughs> get Just to it. Get, like, we know what's going to happen. <laughs> Um, can't ruin. The, did I tell you about that? About ruining the ending of a movie. Right what? when Titanic first came out, I, don't, I whenever I think. Wait, about, did, did you did you think someone's gonna save the boat? No, 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 no. <laughs> no. So my it was back in, I think it came out in ninety eight, ninety seven. Mm-hmm. No, it was filmed in ninety seven, but it came out in ninety eight. Yeah. Okay. And I went to the theater with my mom to go see the movie, which, whatever. And we're in line. You're looking it up, huh? Oh, yeah, I have to. I'm almost positive. 97. Yep, 97. Like I said, 97. (laughs) (laughs) I know some random things. (laughs) Well, I'm in line, and my mom and I are talking about it. At the time, Titanic was ahead of its years. Oh, yeah. James Cameron. Yeah. With 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 cat with graphics and CGI and all stuff, so I'm in line getting tickets, and I'm talking to my mom, going, "With today's technology, I'm excited to see how they're going to portray the sinking of the ship." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you didn't tell me about this, yeah. Like four people behind me, this guy and his girlfriend or wife or whoever, yeah. step out of line. He starts swearing, at "You effing ruined the movie for me." I'm like, "I I ruined tight." Titanic? Titanic? <laughs> um, <yeah. laughs> like, That's like going to see Passion of the Christ and like, wait, Jesus dies? <laughs> it's like season four of this probably. Like, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> like, oh, like in this one, he called Matthew? What? <laughs> Moses saw a burning bush? No. <laughs> Noah in the ark. The earth flooded? No way. It's like, I'm, I sat there, I'm, I'm still my mom going, are you kidding me? That's like watching Revenge of the Sith and saying, wait, he has kids? Right. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a lot of things we can compare it to. But, but I, it's just I, like, I, how do you not know that? Like, there's documentaries on the actual Titanic. <laughs> they have been for years. And since I'm, pretty the 20s. Sure, I'm pretty sure some of that filmography is in the actual movie Titanic. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, she threw the blue heart of the ocean in there. Well, no, they, in the beginning, they actually. the the When they're actually down there, uh-huh. that's actual footage of the. Oh, yeah. That's the real oh, Titanic. I know, I know. I know. Um, but watching this, he. Finally turns around and he looks at Matthew and he says, Matthew, son of Alpheus. And he stops. He, Matthew just stops because he's like, how the? Because he doesn't say it, but you know, he's thinking it. Yeah. How does he know my name? Well, yeah. How, how does he know my name? Yep. I've never talked with this guy in my life. Nope. How does he know my name? And then he goes, come, come with us. Come follow me. Yep. Without hesitation. He just... That's it. He Peace. gets out. He closes the door, locks it, gives Gaius the key. Yeah. And Gaius is like, 
Do you have any idea what you're doing? Well, what I, what I love even before that is before he even gets into the thing with Gaius, Simon goes, whoa, 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 hey, hey what? Do you know who this guy is? Do you know Do you know what, what he's done? This is the guy who basically ruined my life. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's so funny. Like, again, it goes back to Simon trying to protect, trying to, like, you know, secure everything. He's like, do you know who he is? And even Andrew's like, dude, like, geez, are you sure, Jesus? He's like, the low of the low. Yeah. Like, why would you call him in there? And it's just, I, I love the response because it's so genuine, you know, for their character. Like, dude, why why are we bringing him in of all people? Right. And that's the whole point that we're getting into is, and and it, and it hit me years ago um, where, you know, I was in, I was in a rock band, uh, rock bands since like 2004, you know? So I've been doing this for a while and I remember when I first got saved, I, I came into this this whole thing where I'm like, man, I have to I think I have to give up the band and everything. And I was talking to a coworker who um, was a Christian who actually gave me three three day passes to Soul Fest. I didn't realize it was like hundred bucks a pop. Gave me these tickets, like three hundred dollars worth of tickets to Soul Fest. I'm like, wow. Years later I was like, Oh, that was really, really nice of her. For those but, of you who don't know what Soul Fest is, it's basically a Christian Woodstock. Woodstock. <laughs> <laughs> and I've never been to a music festival, but I went and it was amazing. POD showed up. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, just, to, I mean, I went to the first like one them back or in not. the 90s that was up at Loon Mountain before Gunstock. It is. Yeah. It's at Gunstock now. Yeah. It was originally at Loon. Yeah. And I went to one of, the, I went to the first, it was back in the 90s, one of the first one. I mean, artists like Amy Grant was there. Mm-hmm. Which, yep. No, Amy Grant was at ours, too. Yeah, the one I went to. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't go anymore. No, she went to the one I went to like three years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. She's Natalie Grant. Natalie Grant. Natalie Grant. Different than Amy Grant. Well, whatever. <laughs> the Grant. No. Hugh? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Farty. No. <laughs> Forget about it. <laughs> um, uh oh. Anyway, but um, yeah. And then Matthew gets like without hesitation, leaves everybody in line. Yep, just gets up, gets up, le- puts everything down, leaves the booth, locks it up, does not lock it three times. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't finish my statement. So the the soul fest thing. Oh yes. Yeah. So the woman, like, I remember saying, I'm like, listen, I, I think I have to quit the band. She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm going off to, I'm playing concerts at like bars. People are just like, it's a bunch of drunk people who just want me to play like a kiss song or something like that. And I'm like, I, I just don't think I can do that anymore. She goes, you know, Jesus spent most of his time with the sinners. Right. The people who who needed to hear the message, who needed to hear the good news and understand that there was hope for them. And I was like, whoa, like it blew my mind. Again, I was a brand new Christian, like two months in, you know, to to my accepting of my salvation. And um, it was like, that's huge. So I didn't quit the band. I mean, the band is like on a very long hiatus right now, but we've never officially quit. And I, and I still got songs that I, I've been like writing. They come out now and again. But the thing is, all the music, even the songs I wrote before, had a deeper meaning because I realized where 
where my lyrics started from and where I was coming from at the time. And even as I sang them later on, they had a, a deeper, newer meaning because right. I was coming out of that mindset. So one song called No Control, and I realized that I, I struggled, and my biggest thing is I want to control everything. I mean, that's that's the thing for me is I'm, I, I guess I'm a control freak. It's true. Yeah. He's controlling me right now. Right, exactly, with my red, red wiggly woos coming out of my fingers here. Purple. <laughs> oh, purple. It was Agatha all along. So... Um, <laughs> As we go on, I started realizing like there there are there's so many opportunities out there for me to reach people who need to hear, right. um, who who need to be who who need light in their life, right. you know. And from that point, long past due, my band, um, the whole the whole focus on it was we wanted to be a light in the darkness. And I realized that even when we first started the band. We were called Long Past Due because we wanted to stand out from the crowd. We didn't want to be like every other band singing about, you know, what everybody else sings about. We wanted to bring a positive light to everything. Right. So I didn't have to change much, which was so cool. Like God God planted this whole thing years before I even accepted who he was and accepted Christ. So it, it, it all kind of played into it. And some of our, our more well-known songs that we've done not well-known like everybody knows who we are but the people who have listened to us they kiss love huh kiss from a rose that's a cover song <laughs> and it's better by seals <laughs> for those who have who have not heard kiss from a rose by seals google it YouTube google it. it look for seals kiss from a rose Actuals. i'm not talking about seal i say seals actual animals <laughs> or 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 I can't yawn anymore without thinking I'm singing Kiss from a Rose. So check out Seal's Kiss from a Rose. Or just for fun. Or, or Frank, Frank, Frank Mercury. Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury. The gopher. With the go- <laughs> anyway. Hey-o. So um, the things people do with technology. The coolest thing I loved about this scene where he's dropping everything, though. So he's he gives Gaius the key. This is the third time we've said it. And he basically, Gaius is like, where do you think you're going? You're going to throw this entire life of yours away right now? Like, yep. all of your money, everything you've got, you're going to throw it all away? And he's like, yep. And as he's doing it, the coolest thing about this is, did you notice that Matthew was, like, quirk-free? He wasn't hesitant? I said that. He didn't even lock the door three times. He didn't lock the door three times. He walked out. He was the most confident we've ever seen him. He takes off the ring. He looked like a totally different person. Like his switch was switched, and he's like, I know what I'm doing, and he moved on. And it it was just so great to see. He takes it off, gives him the key, and... You know, as he's talking about He still about has that. it a little bit because he's well, walking around with his little notebook. Because he is autistic, yeah. Right. <laughs> uh-huh. But, like, at this he point— He asked Jesus, like, do you want me to get rid of this? And he's like, no. No, no. I think you're going to need this, which is great because the first book in the New Testament is Matthew. Right. So awesome because he knows that he's good at, at keeping a record. Um, so I, I thought that was great. Um, but— when, as Simon's talking to Jesus, he's just like, he's like, why are we bringing him? He's like, yeah, well, I brought you on. You were just a fisherman. I brought these guys on. He's like, yeah, but this is different. He goes, eh, get used to different. Which is a tagline of For the, the entire show, The Chosen. Right. And I love it. Get used to different. Mainly because, I mean, get used to different because Jesus was going against the grain. He was going against the current 
of everything else that was known by the priests yep. or the, the Pharisees and all that stuff. And also the show itself is going against everything we've seen. Not going against, but it's 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 taking a whole new um, approach right. to, to a Christian biblical storytelling. Right. And it's amazing. So I love... I love that that's their tagline, and I love that it's it's part of this right here, yeah. because we're we're seeing how it connects to everything, like where Jesus is like, listen, you're gonna have to get used to different. All these things you think are not what I'm gonna show you. It's not what I'm teaching you. It's not the whole point of what we're trying to get at here, and that's what the show carried on. So I I love the multiple like call it a fourth wall break if you will meaning that they've got here. It's it's just it's brilliant. I loved it. Okay. <laughs> um, he is so much more awake this episode than he has been the last four weeks. Yeah, Chuck is starting to fall asleep. I, I think it's because I gave him the head scratcher. He's just, he's feeling great now. But the cool thing is... Where'd you put my drink? You have a drink? You gave it to me. Oh. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, so we get this, as they're walking off, you know, Matthew, like you said, he's got the notebook and everything. He's just like, oh, he's like, where are we going? He's like, oh, we're going to a dinner party. He's like, oh, I'm not really, like, people don't invite me to things. I'm not really welcome at dinner parties. He goes, oh, well. You're right. He goes, you're hosting. You're you're the host. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, uh, uh, okay. And then it ends. Well, it's great because Matthew's like, I mean, he's got the means to do so. So he's just kind of like, he's shocked, but he's also like. That makes sense. Okay. Oh, oh, all right. Yeah. I, I guess that's what we're doing. Okay. And then, you know, dun, 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 you know, and roll credits and then we're good to go. Um, there was no after credit scene in this one. No. No. No white vision. No white vision. <laughs> Which you did not know about until you came I, over. I, I'm, so Lee does his other podcast with his friend Will on WandaVision and... He's going on and on about white vision in the episode. And I'm going, where is he getting this from? <laughs> white vision. White vision. <laughs> There's an after credit scene that I never watched. And the crazy thing is, is last week when there was the first after credit scene, I'm the one who told him about it. Mm-hmm. And then this week I just totally spaced it and like, oh, yeah, the credits. Yeah. Didn't even think that. No, it was watch. a big deal. It was a very big deal. And that... <laughs> last week's wasn't even that big of a deal. No, this was. I mean, this Snooper's was. gonna snoop was not a big deal because he just disappeared. Right. Totally disappeared. Right. We're gonna wipe that. My hand until I get a tissue. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever see when uh, Jim Carrey was doing the Matthew McConaughey impression on SNL about the Lincoln? Remember when Matthew McConaughey was doing those Lincoln commercials where he's in the car and he's just talking? He's like, you know, I've been driving a Lincoln before anybody ever told me to drive a Lincoln, before I was ever paid to do it. And it's just him to drive around. Yeah. Jim Carrey did a uh, like a four-part spoof the mm-hmm. last time he was on SNL, and it was the funniest thing ever. And as he's just sitting there, he's just holding his fingers out. He's like, hmm, I wonder how long I'm going to roll this booger in my fingers. <laughs> And it was it was just perfect. And he's looking in the back seat. He's like, I don't even know whose kids these are. <laughs> Who are you? What's your name? <laughs> but anyway, no, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed this episode mainly because that scene where where Nicodemus just falls. You've got somebody who is just like again teacher of teachers. He's like this this 
high appointed Pharisee who recognizes that God has so much more for us and realizes that there's something beyond what he's been told to follow and to teach. And I, I, I again, it, we could look at the other episode, the episode before this, where he was talking about the Sadducees and how they stopped after the first five books where they kept going. Right. And it's like, what's to say there's not more beyond the, the stuff that we're following? You know, like there has to be. And I even think now, I'm just like, I wonder if the stuff that we're doing today is somehow going to be documented and put into something bl- biblical. We the, don't know. The new New Testament. The new New Testament. The newest of new testaments. The new new. New new. Yeah. The new new. The, the nanu nanu testaments. <laughs> <laughs> the new new te- The new. <laughs> Chuck is done <laughs> for the night. <laughs> I had a very long day at work. <laughs> and, uh, and now I'm, I, have the, I have the video of Jim Carrey. SNL parodies, Matthew McConaughey. Oh, geez. Okay. Well, anyway. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to us tonight. Um, Chuck- I do apologize for being <laughs> a little off tonight. <laughs> Just call me Matthew. Yeah, well... <laughs> Anyway, no, it's it's I'm I'm glad that we're still we're still going through this. We got one more episode, right? One more episode and then dun 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 Goofy movie. Okay. We're really gonna do it? Okay. Do we have to? Okay. It's my favorite Disney movie. Why not? It's got the perfect cast. It does just like just like this show we're talking about. The perfect cast. The perfect cast. Um it's got some disco dancing from from from, from Bigfoot. Big <laughs> <laughs> um, it's my favorite Disney movie with original Disney characters. It's yeah, it's the only one in my book at this point. I don't count the Prince and the Popper and all the other ones there. No, no, Sorry. because those aren't. I mean, Mickey Mouse. Who could be more original than Mickey Mouse? Um, uh-huh. <laughs> please don't do that. <laughs> anyway. Um, but we have to do that just for the fun of it. Yeah, why not? Um, okay, we'll do And it. then shortly after that, I believe season two is going to be aired soon. Is it? Do we have an actual date for that? Not yet, but I thought I saw. Let me check. I taught I ta. A putty tat. The Chosen. It still says it's in production. Last I saw, um, I mean they're hoping they're they're gonna release it close to Easter this year. So they're they're saying they're hoping they will, but they still haven't actually officially announced. Yeah, but it's, it's supposed to be sometime like next. It's supposed, to, from what I understood, sometime in the next few months, soon. Yeah, I'm really hoping that's the case. Yeah. And that's why we were doing all this to lead up to it. And what I what I hope we can do is we can watch them um, as they come out, and we can we can do our we can continue we can the conversation we can do we're doing, like in real time. In real time, yeah. Because right now we're in fake time. It's not real time. This no, is uh, we're in the what the phantom zone or the quantum realm. <laughs> what what is this? <laughs> in real time, as in as it's being aired. Like you guys are doing with WandaVision. Real time. Isn't real time like an old Mac Mac uh, software for 
for watching like or listening to music or something. It wasn't a media player real time. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. Yes. It was horrible. It was quick time, real time. <laughs> Lee has lost it. No, I have it right here. So uh, thank you, si- <laughs> thank you everybody. Thank you, Simon. Thank you, thank you Simon. <laughs> <laughs> Alvin. Simon Cowell. <laughs> Thank you for giving us this opportunity. Thank you, Chuck, for joining me tonight. Thank you, I hope Lee, for if, inviting if you, me. If you can't make it home, you, that couch does turn into a bed, and you are welcome to sleep here, um, just so for safety. I'll um, make it home. Okay, good. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll slap you a couple times on the way out. There you go. All right, thank you guys so much for sticking around and listening and dealing with our antics and antics? Antics. Um, (laughs) You have a good night. With that, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. 